0: Hey guys, and welcome to Fisher Philbrick The Show. This is your host, Michael, and I just wanna thank you for tuning in and giving us a listen. Fisher Philbrick is a management and production company that assembles, manages, and produces both creative projects and businesses. Our first project being this podcast, The Show. And so, without further ado, let's jump right on in. Hey, you guys, and welcome to another show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We are super excited to get started today with a new business conversation with Pearl from That African Girl Tag LLC. It's a really great conversation. We go into so much, you know, just great advice, really in-depth topics, and we talk a lot about sewing, which was very exciting for me just because, you know, I grew up with my mom sewing a lot. I eventually got into sewing at some point, you're gonna hear about that in just a little bit within this episode. And there was just so much to it that was a lot of fun to engage in and to talk about. And I think you guys are really going to like this. You're gonna love Pearl and all that she has to offer with her business. So without further ado, let's jump right on into our next business for our business conversation, That African Girl Tag LLC owned by Pearl. Hey Pearl, thanks so much for being on the show today. We're just super excited to have you on to hear all about yourself, your business, and just how you got things started, what you're doing, and really how we can support you as a small business owner. I would love it if you just started with letting us know kind of where you grew up.
1: Okay, so I was born in Liberia, Monrovia, and I came over to the United States at a very young age due to the Civil War. I grew up in Philadelphia, Delco area, if anybody knows what PA is. It's like my my upbringing. (laughs)
0: Nice. And is that where you're still located now?
1: So I am currently located in the Delco area and like a little part of Delco that most people don't know. Woodland, PA It's super quiet and this is mostly like retired old people. <laughs>
0: nice what's your some of your favorite parts of that area?
1: just walking there's so many places where you can walk to I have stores that are in walking distance from my house it, it it still gives you the same feeling of being in Philadelphia but your corner store is Wawa where I live like
0: yeah, no, I get that I'm in a place where I can walk like go on foot almost everywhere so people are like you have a car I'm like, yes, I have a car. Mm-hmm. I can drive, but if I can, I'd rather walk scooter rollerblade bike, you know yeah. basically anything and I feel like that makes it so much more fun. And it's good for you too. So it's definitely like underrated when people are like, Oh, it's okay. If I, you know, move somewhere where I have to drive. I'm like, but really, is it <laughs> Because <laughs> it's so much more fun just to, you know, have the options? Because like if you have yes. to drive, cool, that's OK as well. And then do you do any fun like hobbies on the side?
1: So some of my favorite hobbies are reading. I like to read books. I do like to take nature walks. So I'm always about like a hiking adventure. And then I like to just sit in and see scenery. Like I'll stop somewhere, just, you know, observe the scenery. I like doing things like that.
0: Nice. And what's your favorite genre of book reading?
1: I don't really have a favorite genre. Like when you look at my collection, I have things from like mental health. I have things from like um, building a business, the art of persuasion, those type of books. And then I have like, you know, urban novels and things like that. But I don't really have a favorite. It depends on like the mood.
0: I know. I love all those, especially like in high school and college, all the self-help, anything where you're pouring like the knowledge in Mm -hmm. and like, this is so much fun. And then I always liked I eventually learned like sci-fi fantasy, but more of the fantasy, less of the sci-fi, because people would give me books and they were like in outer space and I couldn't pronounce I mean they're all made up words and aliens yeah. creatures. I'm like, I have a good imagination and I cannot imagine anything <laughs> that is happening here. So I was like, I'm more for like the knights, kings, queens, and adventures. I, I get
1: into it too. Like I have I'll watch the movies and read the books. So
0: Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. And then can you let us know what your business is named and a little bit about what you do with your business?
1: Okay, so I am the owner of Tag That African Girl LLC. And Tag is a Pan-African based company that specializes in handmade textile fabric work um, items Mm -hmm. such as um, hair care accessories. And then the other fold of Tag is our dolls. And we make handmade Pan-African dolls that express the different colors of the diaspora. And they are rag dolls, textiles, uh, cuddle buddies. But overall, the business is more um, empowering, educating, Um, and letting people know that there are different um, things out here that represent us that are not associated with a Barbie doll in the store.
0: Mm -hmm. Nice. No, that's great. And then besides, because I actually found you through a different business. Do you want to talk just briefly about some Um, of the other like (laughs) pop shoots you have? Because I thought that was so cool. And I was like, I'll interview for this, and you're like, "Well, actually, I'm over here, and like this is." So I was like, "Whoa, yeah, (laughs) I'd love to hear about that too."
1: Silky worm is my new baby. Silky worm accessories is is my new baby. I am in the ABA field. And one of the things that we do is we collect data and data, however people pronounce it. And what I realized was I was making products that were for color girl hair that would, you know, keep moisture retention and, you know, still be stylish. But I wasn't finding that they were purchasing certain items versus people that are not of color. So when I collected my data on it, I was like, well, I don't want people to feel like they can't shop with me because I'm a black owned business. I want a platform where everyone can shop with me. and You can purchase items for whatever type of hair you had. So I birthed Silky Worm and Silky Worm is just for like satin silk based products that can be used across any platform of hairstyles or any texture of hair.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that's very cool because I remember seeing on I think you were the, that African girl, when you were mentioning that too, of like, if I can sell to everybody, you know, like I'm in this <laughs> to to have my products to create and like, it doesn't really matter, you know, like at the end of the day, like these are handmade, good quality products. And yeah. if you find me through here, if you find me through there, I found you through a reel. So I w- was watching the reel, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. And you were like hand sewing. I'm like, people hand sew. Whoa, how cool. And then like, it looks yeah. so cool, like <laughs> professional. And then your reviews were also good. So I was like, This is a very cool business. (laughs) We're just like in it watching. And then for... Tag, when did you start the business?
1: So I started Tag um, later on in 2019. So the story behind Tag is so funny because Tag was not supposed to be that African girl. It was supposed to be two African girls. I mean, it was supposed to be me and one of my best friends. But then she was just like, I don't think I want to do this. And I was like, listen, I want to do it. So in 2019, I really started Tag and I was making like product based to see like who would like it, what people would buy and so forth. But 2020 was when when I really started stepped out and i was like that african girl i'm one person i make all the items by myself this is what it wants to be and then it was more towards the representation of you are an african girl because you are part of the pan-african diaspora and the way we are connected regardless of you growing up on a european country you are still connected to this land so that's how tag was truly birthed it was first accessories and then my niece Coco, she she used to harass me to buy her doll babies, and these doll babies were expensive. Like we talk yeah. about hundred three dollars for one doll baby, and oh, I was wow. saying her yeah, and I was especially American girls. American girls are super expensive dolls, and they're they're great quality, and I love them. But I was just like, Auntie Pearl don't have this money every time you want a new doll.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and then
1: then the issue was. Every time she would have me buy a new doll, at first I thought she was building a collection of like the different dolls. But it was like, no, I want this one because this one has longer hair than the African-American ones. And I was like, what? Like, and I would present different African-American dolls. and She'd be like, I can't do her hair because her hair is like this. And I'm like, well, what are we teaching the next generation like if we're just buying Dolls that don't represent who they are. So yes. I did all this extensive research on how to make a doll. Like I could, um so that was a skill set that was already in me. And I was like, well, how can I make a doll? Like she wants a doll that's something similar to an American girl doll. So then I came across Russian dolls. Yeah. That, and they were textile dolls. And I spent a lot of money on trying to figure out how these Russian women <laughs> were making these dolls. I bought patterns. I was buying products from overseas, like money. Um, And then I was like, you know what, let me do a twist to it. And I played around, I played around and I was able to figure out how to make a doll that stands up, but still is a textile based doll. Um, And she loved it. So that birthed tag dolls and then tag dolls took off. And I was getting custom orders from, like, random people to make things that match their logos. And I was like, this is not what I really went into it
2: for. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and then, then then, the shift happened after I had my son. Because I was pregnant through this whole process. After I had my son, the shift happened. And it was more of, like, I would be caring for my son. And people would be like, oh, you put a bonnet on your son's head. And I don't know if you know what a bonnet is, but, like boys don't really wear bonnets they wear do-rags and i'm like well my son has the same hair that i do so why can't i put a bonnet and then people were like putting bonnets on babies and i'm like yeah i make different sizes and then like the whole hair care aspect of the business blew up
0: okay that's so cool (laughs) to see how like it has shifted and really cool too how you just kind of went with it and you know keep going you're like oh okay it's going (laughs) this way we'll adjust and yeah yes i can do that and then yeah this now too guess what you guys I can also (laughs) do that yeah and when you were starting this back in 2019 what was kind of going on in your life as far as other projects you were doing or how did you know you know like I have either the time or space for this or like I'm making this a priority to really like jump into this my by myself essentially
1: (laughs) so My girlfriend came to me and she was like, because I had a business before and I used to do jewelry, like custom jewelry for weddings and things like that. And I was like, I got overwhelmed because being one person running a business, as you know, it can get really overwhelming. And I would get overwhelmed. It would be, I work Monday through Friday. And then on the weekends, I'm running from one wedding to the next. So I'm running from this affair to the next. So when she came to me, she was like, I want to start a business. And this is what I want to do. I said, okay, well, what's our niche? Like, you know, talking through it. And it dragged out for a really long time because she didn't know where her focus was. She didn't want to purchase products because you have to purchase products to try them out before you put them on the market. She didn't want to follow through with certain things. And I was like, listen, this is not going to work. But then a lot of people don't know this. my My grandfather was a tailor. That was his trait. Oh. Like he had his own business, and he was a tailor. And when I was growing up, he used to sew and he would adjust our uniforms and do all those different things. And when I was little, being a little bad baby or bad kid, I had put my hand under the needle and oh, it got no. stuck. So I had really bad PTSD from like sewing machines and everything I would do I would do by hand because he would teach me how to do by hand and it would take me longer and I was like well you know I want to move into another branch of me sewing things by hand to doing it on a sewing machine I picked up really fast because I used to watch him but it was more of like the fear of is this needle going to go through my hand again? So I was gifted a sewing machine by one of my friends and um, one of my other girlfriends that went to college with me. She went to school for fashion and design. And I was like, can you teach me how to use the machine? And I used to freak out in her house and she used to laugh all the time with me. And I'd be like, I would go super, super, super slow because I was scared of the machine. And then I like just was like, all right, I want to make different stuff. And I know this is kind of like left field, but I have really bad cramps. And I was like, we got to figure out something that is holistic to assist. And I knew a lot of girls that had this. And like, it's a taboo thing to talk about, like as a female with a male, but cramps are real. It's a part of, (laughs) it is what it is. So the first thing that I actually gave birth to was called the motherland pouch. I wanted to make something where my girlfriends had um, holistic route versus popping pills so for my birthday in 2019 i sat down i was like i want to do the continent of africa because it sits in the fold of our womanhood i was like i need to figure out how to put things in here that relates to my heritage that makes sense so it is a rice base it is a lavender or whatever scent base and then it is a flaxseed based product that holds the heat that you can use as a compress and you can use it cold as well
0: nice that's and then so from cool. there,
1: people were like, what else can you make? And I was like, I don't <laughs> know. And no one ever taught me pattern placing. No one ever taught me, you know, this is what you're supposed to do. That was what you're supposed to do. I used to start watching YouTube videos and I was sitting in my room for hours. Like I bought my, my sewing table. Now I spent $20 on that sewing table. I bought it from something called offer up. I went to the house. I put it in my little Ford. I dragged it up the stairs. I set it up. And from there, like, tag has been
0: going that's so cool I know I learned just well I attempted to learn to sew a couple (laughs) years ago because my mom I grew up she had her own business in home where she made like bunnies bears blankets a a lot of for kids and like had her own like in-home business and so I always grew up seeing a lot of sewing and all of that so then by the time I was in college I was like I've already done a ton of creative stuff so I'm like let's try sewing and we had watched I think (laughs) Uh, Project Runway I don't know where they they make clothes and I was like how cool is that that you can make your own clothes and like the whole show of like being creative and like using that into this new form was something that I thought was really cool only to find like those sewing machines can be super frustrating (laughs) and like yes (laughs) the the pain of like thinking because I started with like pajama bottoms which are supposed to be you know like the easiest thing to do only to find like I did it wrong and you have to rip out all the seams and then like <laughs> redo it. And I found that I eventually, cause I did get better and I created like a whole outfit. I'm like, I'm wearing everything that I made, but then I would tell people, I'm like, so I can sew, but I get very frustrated and it's really not something I probably should be doing because I'm not typically a frustrated person. So I'm like, okay. this brings out like it, <laughs> something <does>. in me. <laughs>
1: it does and I think people take that for granted like I have really bad anxiety and if like it's not going right like with my type A personality if it's not going right and it's not on track it frustrates me but being someone that does so, and this is like my trait it meddles me out like I can sit in my sewing room for hours and just be sewing and like even when it's like oh it's a, it's a pickup in the project I, I'll sit there and I'll take it apart and then I'll do it all over <laughs> it and, like, and it doesn't It doesn't make me mad. Like the sewing machines will get you frustrated. I have a graveyard of sewing machines in my closet. It does because you'll be like, what you were just working five minutes ago. What are you doing? I have cried on sewing machines. I have talked to sewing machines like, come on, baby, you can do it. Keep going,
0: keep going.
1: (laughs) And like, I have had moments with, I've beat on sewing machines. Like, what's your problem? Like, I've had those moments, but it is super frustrating when you're first learning and it depends on what you're making because people have spent more money on trying to make an outfit versus just going to the I, store and buying the outfit.
0: That's what eventually I went to like secondhand stores and I would buy sheets because they were like two or three bucks. And I'm like, yeah. you sleep on something that is comfortable. Okay. So if it's comfortable to sleep on, it would be comfortable to wear and I won't feel bad instead of going to a fabric store and spending like $60, $70 on really nice fabrics where I'm like, I don't really want to touch these because <laughs> I don't want to ruin the.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, I'm a fabric hoarder. And that's like, that used to be one of my biggest things was like, I can practice on the dollar cotton, but this, like, chiffon, no, no. <laughs> like, like, no. But it did, like, the fabric, finding fabric did teach me couponing, and I used to hate couponing. And now I'm that crazy lady that stands in the line with the 20 coupons, <laughs> and it's like, no, you can use this one. And I'll argue with you because I've done it so long. I've argued with staff in the store, and I'm like, I know it better than you do because I use these, like, yeah. type <laughs>
0: yeah and then do you have advice for anyone listening who wants to get into sewing or like kind of making on the hand accessory sides like how would you best advise them of like if you're going to start sewing here's my advice
1: if you are going to start sewing here's my advice have patience have patience (laughs) Um, and also a big thing i and i try to like incorporate it in like some of my videos and my reels because i have these conversations with people behind the scenes business is not easy you might make awesome products, but it might take you $20 to make that product. You can't sell it for $20 because when you look at how people are selling, they might be selling it for 5 So sometimes what we're passionate about sewing-wise is not worth us sewing it. Yeah, like the idea of this person can go to the store, even though your product is bomb, this person go to the store and get it for four dollars and you're trying to sell it for 20, especially when you're starting off. Like when you get to the part when you're in like a name brand like Gucci, you can sell a flip flop from the dollar store for three grand. Yeah. But starting off, I, I would because if I could say this to younger me, I would say, hey, find products that are easy to make, affordable and flip them. And then when you build momentum, then you can say, I can charge someone a little bit more money for this product that might be in the store for $3. Yeah. Um, but patience and also like understanding the basic of sewing, that fabric, thread, all those things come into the cost effect of what you're making and your timing. Because if it, if it takes two hours to make it, you're not really going to make no money off of it.
0: Yeah. And I always had bought like really cheap thread because I was like I'm just getting started but then with even with that then it falls apart or like certain fabrics didn't stretch so I'm like I hear <laughs> ripping when I was putting on my clothes I'm like or it, I even found like happen. the background because I wasn't doing it to sell and that's what kind of showed me like to, to sell something like your lines need to be straight and yeah. all be even and like mine like when once you flipped it right side out, you couldn't tell. But if you I would tell people I'm like, these look really good. But if you saw the inside of them,
1: yeah, <laughs> you'd be like, that, what happened here? A, <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. I'm like, it's it's I don't discourage anyone. I am here to encourage people, but I tell people it is not easy. Like it was many days where it was like, I put my heart into this project and this person's like, Oh, this line was crooked on it. one star like what like (laughs) so it 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 does and like because I didn't really know too much about fabric I had to schedule in timing where I would go to stores and I would talk to people that work there that knew about fabric and I'd be like well you know how how do I use this how do I sew this like sewing is an art form where there's so many so many like parts That it's just not, I'm getting on a machine and I'm going. I have to use certain needles for certain fabric. I have to use certain thread for certain fabric. Like there's certain stitches, there's certain tension. And those were things I didn't learn. I didn't go to school. That's not what my degree was in. And I'm like, I couldn't keep saying to my friend, oh, I'm switching fabric this week. I need you to tell me how to do it with this fabric. Like I couldn't do that. I had to learn on myself. And it was a lot of trial and error. But it's also one of the things where like, you don't just jump in and just be like, oh, I got a product. Boom. (laughs) I always encourage people to like build, put a team together. Like I have friends where I'd be like, all right, I'm going to put a new product out. You guys tell me what it is, like what's going on with it. Because they'll critique you like the best because they're trying to make sure you're doing your best versus you putting it out there. And then you have someone that could have been, I've I've serviced people that have over a million followers and I didn't even know who they were until they tagged me in something. And I'm like, what if I would have just threw that item together? My business could have been shot.
0: Yeah. Cause a lot of these you only get one chance. And if that one, you know, one product was even a little off for you we're having a bad day and you know didn't give your all and you instead of holding it back, you just send it out. Then you're like, like you said, like, oh my gosh, the bad publicity and PR and like the influence other people have, like,
1: oh Yeah. And we live in a influence, like I've gotten orders from people that I don't even know. Like people are like that person's famous. And I'm like, famous for what? And then I was like, <laughs> and be like oh you you are famous like <laughs> I didn't know and you bought it from my little Etsy shop for six dollars like you know yeah, um, give me a tip
0: please <laughs> I'll take a couple tips like,
1: like oh because that it's so it's so funny to say that because where my expectation of who I was going to be Again, putting myself in a box, I exceeded my expectation, and I'm really one of those people. I'm an introvert; like, I don't want people to see me. I don't want to be bothered. I just want to do what I need to do. I want to step back. Like, I wanted to be in this. And we had this conversation before. I don't really like social media. I don't have to be present on social media. My products can speak for itself. But it was like, no, people want to see who's making the products behind the scene, how the products are made. Like, I've had people ask me, like, can you show me what the sewing room looks like? Because there's places where products are being made as dirty. And I'm like, my store ain't dirty. It might not be no. organized, but it's not dirty. But I find that like social media will take you places that you've never been. And you, sometimes you don't want to be, but you're selling something and you're not present. And then someone's like, oh, I brought this from this little Etsy shop. And it's so dope. And you're looking at them like, You found me on my little Etsy shop when there was people out here that are selling these items that you probably could reach out to because you're so popular.
0: Yeah. And I know I saw on one of yours, you mentioned how you always like to take photos of what you're doing to make sure in case someone were to say like, this wasn't dirty or this was wrinkled or can you talk a little bit about that and that side Um, of it?
1: So I got my first bad review. And when I say I cried, I cried. I cried so hard. Like I think... It, it caught me off guard. So a customer stated that I sent out a product and the product was like literally left this crazy long paragraph about how it was dirty. It looked like poop stains, all this stuff. And I was like, well, I don't even have no proof to state that like it wasn't sent like that because I'm like, why would I send something to you yeah. like that? I'm like, even if there was a stain on it, a poop stain, what? <laughs> and I know, listen, like, you know, I know where I... Packaged orders because the place I packaged orders was separate from anything else. Like it was just this one spot in my house where my printer was there, all my packaging stuff was there, and this is where I packaged orders. We never did anything else in that area but did that. So I was like, well, what could have touched it? My son was a baby, so I'm like, he can't walk around. It's just yeah. me and me in the house. What happened? I'm like trying to recall things in my head. Nothing was coming to mind. She was asking for a refund and a new item. I'm like, I'm new in business when it came to this aspect of it. So I'm like, well, what are people supposed to do? Like I sent out new products. I gave her a refund and I like had to call like one of my best friends and say like this happened. And it kind of like made me think that it wasn't my product. She wanted more stuff yeah and this was her way of like bullying me into doing it because she stated i'll give you a better review if you send me yeah
2: like blackmailing (laughs) almost
1: i'm like new to it so i'm like i need a good review because i'm a small business like and this is when the accessory aspects was just like building up and i'm like i can't have people seeing this one star like in this crazy review about poop and all this other stuff so i put a box together. I sent stuff out. She still wrote a review. She gave me five stars and then she still wrote something smart at the end of it. And I was like, you know what? This is a lesson learned. I just learned something. So from that day forward, every order that came across my table, I have this phone. I take pictures in this phone and I can tell like when people like, you never sent it. No, I sent it. And then I take a picture of the receipt. That says it was scanned because I get every package scanned. Only once in a blue moon, if somebody says, Hey, can you drop it in the Dropbox? I really need it really quick, whatever. I'll be like, All right, drop it in the Dropbox, but I'll take a picture of me dropping it in the Dropbox. Like, because it covers my end where you can't come to me and say, this is the situation, this is what happened, you didn't do what you were supposed to do. No, I did because Etsy as a platform can remove bad reviews, but you have to show evidence that this is the steps that you took to get there. And that's with anything, I don't have my, like I have a website, but I don't have a website for the accessory part. It's come soon, it's coming soon. <laughs> but I'm like, if I had a website, I would still do the same thing where it's like, I'll let you write your review because, you know, better act, business better act, whatever. But I'm going to take certain down if I know that you're on some stuff. But to cover yourself as a business, a lot of times it's good to take pictures because I've had people say, you only sent five jars. No, I sent six jars. Here's the picture. Here's yeah. the picture of me giving it. I record, the lady in the post office knows me. I record when I'm in the post office to let them know. Like, I go through all these steps because people will take advantage of you in business. And that is one of the easiest way for someone to say, I didn't get my item or my item looked like this. And then I'll send them the picture and be like, this is what I sent you. This was sealed in the bag. I record through the packaging process. Like I have thousands of videos and I hold them for at least six months, just in case.
0: That's great. And for people listening, I would say that is 100% true. I worked customer service for a startup and we had like your first, this is free. And then people were always coming back like, I didn't get it. I didn't get it. Give me credit or give me a refund. And really there are like built in when you build apps and websites where we could see, I was like, you have three accounts and you are, are emailing me in different emails. So people get super tricky or they get like other people to try and bully. And it really is like kind of sad. I would say that people would do that. But also like Pearl just said, like it is so worth taking these steps, even if it takes extra time, even if, you know, the male person is like, there they are again taking their photos <laughs> and you're just like yep that's what I'm doing to cover myself and just knowing how damaging like reviews can be is so true and can really make a difference whether or not someone is going to support say this business or that one and I think that is very challenging too with A lot of people are used to these bigger companies where you can just, you know, slander them, say the worst things. And people are like, eh, you know what? It's a McDonald's. Okay, whatever. You know, they're worth this much. And- Amazon
1: don't argue like I tell you that Amazon will not argue if you got your package and you told Amazon I didn't get my package Amazon doesn't argue with you they'll just send out another package or they'll just refund you I'm not Amazon I'm yeah. losing money if I do that so I'm I'm not going to argue with you but I'm going to be like these are this is what I did These. this is what's going on and another big one is description like I find that customers don't
0: read yeah <laughs> I can affirm that too yeah people don't like to read at all <laughs> so sad
1: customers don't read. I've had reviews where it's like, oh, it doesn't fit. I don't know what to do. But in the pictures, there's a whole post on this is how it goes in the description. There's a whole well-written description on these are the measurements. This is the size. If you need items customized, I can customize them. Just contact me. But still we have people to this day that don't read. And I'm, I'm at a point in my life when it comes to my business where if you want to give me three stars, give me three stars. I don't, that, that don't stop anything. Cause I hear the ching ching right after you give me that review. It's like, <laughs> it, it's like, if you want to give me one star, it is what it is. Like, everyone's not going to like what you have. But when you start off, it, it's frustrating because you want to be like, I'm in the best light, five stars.
0: You yeah. know, I'm in the
1: 4.9 over a five any day just to have my peace.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think it's true because you are like you just mentioned all that work you put into learning to sew to doing it pouring your heart and soul into it so and i think that's very true with other people too where like you're putting your whole life you know whole life is sound dramatic but in those moments when you are making something handmade that has meaning behind it it is crushing if you get one of those bad reviews and then from here i always think it's interesting to know so like talking about how you got here was there anything in your background that really helps you you know get this going to where you are now i know you mentioned a little bit about you know, your grandfather and who is a tailor. And that sounds like that kind of like inspired and really helps you, you know, when you got there, was there anything else?
1: So initially I went to college for business accounting, business marketing and accounting. So I, I got the junior status. Like if people know what that is, like that's basically you're at the finish line. And I just was like, I can't do this anymore. So I had a lot of years of like business. I ran, I ran businesses. My family had businesses. So I was able to see like Certain things that I was like, I don't want to incorporate that in my business or I want to incorporate this in my business. Years of customer service skills. So I'm always like, I can put my best foot forward. I can do what I need to do. And then the grandfather sewing was always like interesting to me because I could hand sew, I can crochet, I can knit, I can do a lot of things with my hand. And I was like, well, you know, I am I feel like I'm great in business. I can do everything. I have the components. I know the, the tools and everything. So let's do this. Let's try it out. But honestly, When you're stepping into something, even if it's something you know, it's so many hurdles that you have to go over that you're like, I thought I knew this, but apparently I didn't. Yeah. (laughs) It's one of those you have to be in
0: it. And then you're like, oh, okay, like it it was supposed to be hard, but this is a different type of hard, or like I didn't even think this was a thing until like here we are. How do we troubleshoot this?
1: (laughs) And I also feel like personality plays into it because like I'm like a old bubbly happy person when I need to be in the light. And then there's other times where it's just like I need to do this by myself. I got to do this by myself, but I couldn't do everything by myself. And I was like drowning and like trying to do marketing, trying to take pictures, trying to do this. And I was like, I have to reach out. But then you have like personality traits of I have trust issues. I don't trust people. You're my best friend. I love you. But, Your work ethic and my work ethic is different. And I'm telling you, I need it by midnight. You're telling me, I'm going to sleep. I'll give it to you in the morning. Like, so it's it's one of those things where it's like we start off our businesses and we have this mindset that we can do everything that we need to do because we have the skill set to do it. We get in it and then we find that there's so many different components that you can't do because you think I'm going to be a small business in the sense of I'm not producing so much product or I'm not doing too many bloggings a day to becoming bigger and you can't handle it and now you have to reach out for help. And most business owners, people that own their businesses that start off small, don't like asking for help.
2: Very um, true.
1: So I had the tools. I had I had background in a lot of things, but getting into it was like totally more politics than, than just making products and selling
0: mm-hmm. and did you think when you were younger and like growing up that you would ever have your own business
1: I did I did want my own business like that was my overall goal like I wanted my own business like I saw my aunts and they were like savvy with it they were like bossed up they would be on the phone with customers like getting it done and I was like I want to do this and it was also one of those things where it's like do I see myself working a nine to five job for the rest of my life? No. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's Like you have days where you're like, I just want to sleep, but you have to get up because that's just what it is. Um. So I was just like, I want to have a business. I didn't know what the business would be. And I tried a lot of different things. And then this just stuck with me because it gave me peace and it's fun. And it's something that not only brings in income, but it educates people. Like people look at, Africans differently like people didn't know I was African and I'm like yeah I am and then they'll, they'll see me around other Liberians and they'll be like oh snaps and that was like a big thing because people were like oh well you know why do you guys speak English and I had to explain to them like this is not a part of the history that is taught in schools and it was also through me putting myself out there and saying I'm African but I don't present as African I speak proper English um, you know that But it is important to say that we all look different and we all come from different backgrounds, but we can all express ourselves through this, this format. It was more of like empowering. So I I love this business and anything that's connected to my because I have like different subsidiaries connected to this one that that teaches like my big thing is teaching. I've always been like. If I can teach someone how to do something, I've done my job. If I can educate someone or I can empower someone, I've done my job. If I can tell that little girl, your hair is pretty, just put the bonnet on at night to keep the moisture in. I've done my job. (laughs) And I've
0: got the bonnet for you. (laughs)
1: Yes, I have a bonnet for you. I have scrunchies of all sizes. You use that scrunchie because I think we don't talk about, in our community as African-Americans, we don't talk a lot about like the struggles and how... We, I have weave in now, but I'm completely natural. And this is considered a protective style, but somebody might say, well, you're empowering girls to love their hair, but you're covering yours. No, this is a form of me protecting my hair and loving my hair. Yeah, Me wearing a satin line. This is me saying, I love my hair. I want my hair to grow. I want to protect my hair. So this is how I'm covering myself. Like the dolls are saying, you might not look like this person, but you have a representation. This is what you look like. You might have freckles on your face and you might be really, really dark. Like, you know, it, it's just, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I think for people listening, you hit a lot of good points of like, I think a lot of people want to have their own business or I for a a while was like so confused with this word entrepreneur because I was networking with a bunch of people, you know, figuring out like, how can I help other people if they can help me? And so many were not actual small businesses or they were part of these other, you know, like make money fast or join this. And I'm like, oh, so when did you start your business? Well, I'm under my mentors, (laughs) and I'm like, okay, this is not like what I'm thinking of with like owning your own business or entrepreneur and I think so many people just want to do it but they don't actually find things that they like to do that they're passionate about that like really hit deep with them because like as we were talking the other day was like you're doing a lot of stuff so this isn't just like you know you you had parents that were super wealthy and they're just like do whatever you want and like have fun with it (laughs) like to actually have your own small business and to do these things like you're having to hustle in every other area of your life. And if it isn't meaningful to you, then you're either going to burn out or it's just not going to work. And you're going to be like, I'm killing myself for things I don't even like, or that I'm not, you know, like, why am I pouring my energy into this? So I think that's super good for people listening to, to really consider like, I I would encourage tons of people like, yes, if you have that in you to start a business, like do it. But at the same time, like listen to what Pearl is sharing, because that is so true.
1: It is. My last reel was about that because out of nowhere, I started getting wholesale orders and I'm like, where is this coming from? I have to budget out my time. like. I'm at work from this time to this time. I have time that I have to do family time with my son because that's important to me. Like I have all these different times mm-hmm. and I also have to make time for myself. And I think a lot of people don't understand that that's important too, where there might be a week where I might have 30 orders and I'll say these two days, I'm not working. Like I'm going to take a break. I'm going to reset and then come in. But my last girl was more of like, if you love something, you're, you'll you be happy doing it. I know people that make money, real good money. like can take trips every month and they're miserable because they don't love what they do when you're doing wholesale orders it's repetitive work that's like if you're sitting there you have to write your signature over and over and over again after a while you're like yo i can't do this no more but (laughs)
0: let's change my name now
1: (laughs) i know in business you can't say i can't do this no more like you have to love it and you have to be consistent with it. And you, you need to know like, okay, if I do this time to this time, I won't burn myself out. And I can be consistent and I can be repetitive in doing it because it's a lot of repetitive work when you are a business owner, even if that means you're doing hair products, if you're doing uh, baby products, anything that you do is repetitive work because these are products that people are buying from you over and over again. And if you're one person and you're doing it, that's like with making masks during the pandemic, people were getting burnt out with making masks because you're sitting there and you're sewing over and over and over and over again. And it's the same pattern, there's no creativity. And that's a big thing in like, Craft making is we love what we do because we are able to be creative and we can show our creativity in these items that we're making. But when you're doing repetitive work, you cannot. And that's what the customers want. The customers want repetitive work. And like for me, scrunchies and bonnets are, is a repetitive thing, but I'll say, All right, I'll do pinks today and then tomorrow I'll do blues. And that, that's how I'll do it. So that it's like I'm not looking at pink thread and pink fabric over and over <laughs> and over. <laughs> like, so it is one of those things where when you love what you do, you don't think about it like you don't think, oh, not this again. Like, like how when you go to a regular job, like I gotta go to this job again. Like, I get excited to go into my sewing room. Like, all right, let's do this. But it is also a passionate thing. You have to be passionate about it. It can't be a go into it and make money type of situation because you can make money in so many different ways. But all money ain't good money.
0: So true, and I found that with myself of like. I feel like I could do a lot of these types of jobs. And like, currently I, I want to buy a house. I want to get going with the next. And I'm like, I could get that. And then I'm like calculating and I could get the house this much faster. But then I'm like, but would I like myself and my life, and my journey, you know, like, would it be yeah. as like fulfilling as all the things I'm doing now and being like, I'm just getting pennies now <laughs> from this business, but being like, I've seen in other instances, like it is worth it. So I would encourage people listening. Like Pearl said, like, not all money is good. Like you, if you end your life and you have all the things, like you can't take it with you and you've just looked back and you're like, what did i do with my life like did i have family connections personal relationships with people did i have kids did they like me did they know me i feel like that one yeah. is a very scary one <laughs> from here uh, what sort of things do you do to keep up with like your business and the trade itself
1: so i typically set goals so i'll say hey you know i'm gonna try to see if i can get into a class like um joanne fabric i don't know if you guys have one on that topic. yeah we have man's fabric they're everywhere I, I guess. Always- I'm, I'm always in Joanne. They know my first name. I'll see what classes they have to offer and I'll sign up for it because it's always one of those things where you're learning. And I'm a firm believer in like work smart, not hard. So if I can figure out a way to get to my goal faster, but still bring forth the same quality, I'm always like trying to learn. I'm listening to podcasts because I don't know every aspect of my business. And I also believe like my money, my, my little coins are important to me. I don't have the like, liability to just give away my money to people that's going to tell me they're going to teach me certain things and then they don't. Teach me certain things, so I'm really like on top of it. Like, okay, if I can find a like a free class, or if I can join a group and they can teach me how to do this and stuff like that. I've sat in groups where there's been people that have had businesses for years that didn't know stuff, and I've been looking like, well, how do you not know this? (laughs) But it, it was because they were in branching out and learning every year or every month. And like for me, I'm learning. I'm always learning. I'll I'll be reading a document like. Or I'll see something on Instagram and be like, Well, I didn't I didn't know this. Let me research this. Let me see if I can reach out to someone and they can teach me this or explain this to me. But it's always a learning process. Like machines If I don't know how to work the machine, I'm going to get in somebody's face. You're going to have to teach me how to work this machine. Like YouTube can't teach you (laughs) everything. Like I'm going to sign up for a class. I'll pay someone. Come on in. Show me how to do this. Like, how do I like, how do I cut this? How do I place this?
0: Yeah. And I think that's good to know. Like you are investing and the money you're putting into it is to see the output that you're looking and like what gets you to keep going. And I think a lot of people, especially if you know, like your business isn't going to make a lot of money when you start, you have a limited amount to start it you want to get everything for free, but sometimes, you know, like you can only go so far, but I think it's encouraging to know, like actually, yeah, sometimes like it's worth it to put that into yourself and like the money that you're going to spend, you're going to see it come out. Because if you can say, learn to work that machine, one machine can make how many products that you're gonna put in people's hands? And like, yeah. wow, that was like a hundred bucks I spent, which at the time was like grocery money for the week <laughs> or, or whatnot. But like that took me another two years on that machine, which is so yeah. cool. And then what is your favorite part of the business as far as like the overall cycle from when you like start one of your items to as you're saying goodbye in the mail.
1: I think for me, it's the the pictures. When I get pictures, every stuff is like super exciting. Packaging it up is like the best because you're like, I'm done. <laughs> you're like, but, go away. <laughs> you're... Yes. But when like people and I get a lot of pictures when people send me pictures like in DMs and and I see like their kids in the products or like I've had people where they're like they'll set up like their my products in a whole prop thing and i'll be like this is nice can i use this for my website like i i think i love the pictures i love the pictures reviews like words are like awesome but when i see like my products being used or someone saying like my daughter wears this or i love this doll like my my kid like said this looks like me like i love that like the feedback of oh this is really actually being used this is what it looks like on this person like i love that part
0: Yeah no I could see that because you're not you get to see the end product you know the end result which normally you don't always get to and I found like a lot of people don't always leave reviews so you're just like no "No, I hope you liked it you know you didn't say anything bad so I I hope that's good but like I can totally imagine like how exciting it would be like You got it. You liked it. You're wearing it. You took the time to take a picture. And that's the
1: funny part. Most of my, the pictures I get, they won't leave reviews on my website. And I'll be like, you tagged me on social media, but you didn't leave a review. Like leave a review on the site. I understand you wrote something really nice under this picture or you put it in the story, but leave a review.
0: Yeah, because you can't be like, so this customer (laughs) (laughs) sent me a thing and they really like me. (laughs) you should buy it too (laughs) man that's crazy and then i always like to ask like about ups and downs in your kind of business journey within the business i think you kind of touched on maybe the down with like the the first bad review but if you would be able to share a time where you felt like you were at your low either in the business and then we'll get to the up high part but
1: um so my low i was ready to close down my shop i was ready to take a break i was hit with a really bad review because the person didn't receive their item it was like what are you talking about the the ups tracking number says that you got it and the lady like got into like a verbal thing with me and we were going back and forth and then literally two days later another customer reached out to me and was like, my items didn't, like she had bought like $60 worth of stuff. And she was like, my items did not arrive. And I'm like, huh? And I'm looking at it and you can see that it stopped tracking in the midst of it. And I was like, this is not happening. And I broke down and I was like, I can't afford to be replacing this amount of items. And then on top of it, you're writing bad reviews. But from I had to have a conversation because I didn't reply back to her automatically when she sent me that. I like got on the phone with my, like my best friends and like a couple of my other girlfriends. And I was like, y'all, this is what happened. I think I need to take a step back from this business because it's, it's breaking me. Like financially, I'm just starting off in this aspect. Trying to find a wholesaler was hard enough and satin is expensive. And I'm like, I have to buy a certain amount. And if I'm refunding money and sending out new products and paying for shipping, because I'm paying for the shipping too, I'm losing. And I'm like, I can't take these L's. And then my one sister was like, my sorority sister, she was just like, reply back to her message because you can see that her products didn't get there. If she comes off nasty, then you know how to take it from there. And I was like, okay, reply back. It was an old lady (laughs) and she was super nice. Oh, and, like, we were emailing back and forth throughout the night. And I said to her, I said, I don't have these colors that you originally had, um, but I have this. And she was like, just take pictures and send them to me. And she was picking out what she wanted. And she left a great review. And, like, it, it gave me, like reassurance in what I was doing because I like was like what if I would have went in and she would have like cussed at me I'd have been like done there wouldn't be a me you interviewing today because I'd have been like I'm not doing this I'm not doing this like and I was feeling like I was being taken advantage of like what is going on like what is it was so many thoughts and that was like my lowest where I was like I'm tired of this like I don't want to do this anymore when I was making dolls I didn't have these issues now that I'm making hair accessories it's like you didn't get your package.
0: And it's hard cause you're relying on someone else. Like you can do, cause I worked the startup I was that we relied on USPS snail mail. So not even tracking and people were like, where is it? I'm like, I don't know. Like it's a process. They usually arrive, like this is their job is to deliver mail. So like it should get there. So that is very frustrating. I can't imagine. And then how about an up when you were like on the top of the mountain and you're like, yes, this is wonderful. Life is I going think- great.
1: I think my up for me was kind of behind the scenes where like people were recognizing who I was in places where I was like who are you like it was one of those things where it was like I went somewhere and someone was like oh you make the dolls and the bonnets and I was like the dolls and the where do you know me from and she was like I saw a picture of you on social media and I'm like thinking in my head I was huge pregnant you cannot have like saw that picture and still been like that's you and I'm like you really looked at my face that hard and she was like I bought stuff from you and I'm like oh (laughs) like (laughs) I don't know people like names and faces so and I was just like oh wow and then I had another incident where I was in the store and a little girl had one of my dolls
2: oh my goodness (laughs)
1: I kept looking. I was like, the picture, because I looked on my phone, I was like, the picture of the person that purchased it was different than the person that was standing next to her. And I like being a creepy person. I was like, I love your doll. It's so cute. Whatever like that. And like the mom, it was the mom. The mom was like, yeah, my husband surprised her with this doll. He got it from online. I was like, it's my company.
0: (laughs) It's me. It's me. I touched that doll. I made it.
1: I'm like, and she was holding it. And she was like, she takes this doll everywhere. Like, she puts it in the car seat with her. She puts it in the stroller. And I was like, oh my God, like, this is me. Yeah. And that was a high for me. That was a high for me because it was like, I send stuff out, but I don't think about it. Mm-hmm. I don't. And like, I show up, but I don't think people like look at me like or be like, I know you from somewhere because I don't have the hugest following on social media. So, for me, I'm like, I'm low key, normal. But yeah. when, when someone said they recognize me, I'm like, recognize me from where? I'm like, no, I I ain't mess with your baby father. Like, it was like one of those things, like, you don't know me, you don't know me, but she knew me. And then, like, my logo. So, this is one of my logos. I wear this places, and people are like, I've seen this before. And I'm like, where? Like, I always said, like, where? Yeah like but that that was my high like seeing something I made outside of everything and like being like oh my god that's me that's me right here like
0: yeah yeah. and I think you really see then too like how many lives you're touching and that's something you don't always think about like when you're doing what you love to do and your art and all this passion you have behind it and getting to see like wow this little girl like this is her favorite doll and like you take it everywhere like what like that's insane it had
1: stains on it and everything i said oh <laughs> this is your favorite doll <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so great. Thanks so much for sharing all that. And then what does it look like for your future with Tag? So either we'll start maybe with short-term goals and then if you have any bigger goals.
1: Short-term goals is I do want to add more of the DIY aspect to it where, and this ties into my long-term, where I'm going to like do videos or patterns and like people will be able to like follow them and make their own items, like sending out kits and things like that. Because eventually what I want to do is I want to give, people a space where it's like i want to learn something new i want to know how to make a pillow i want to know how to make a bonnet and i want to have like a, a area where you can do you a know, pop-up where you, people are like all right guys this is how much for a ticket and this is what you get with your ticket and we're going to learn how to make this today i'm going to teach you how to make this today because i'm i just feel like i love making what i make but i also feel like you can teach people to do these things too and you don't know if there's a little girl that's watching you're like i want to make bonnets when i grow up like so i want to be able to have the opportunity to like give back for people to say, OK, this is something and it, and it could be a mommy and me thing like today. We're going to learn how to make this. And she's I send the kit. They make it and then eventually move on to uh, if it's summertime, you know, we don't have a craft to do. We can go to Pearl Shop or we can do a pop up and hey, guys, come on out. Let's do a craft
0: you know, that's awesome. And I've seen other people that do Patreon accounts where like you pay me uh, like $10 a month, and I send you a little like pattern that, (laughs) you know, each month. So I think I know it's already really popular. So I think that will be even greater too with all you have going. And I think that is such a need that people want to learn these things, especially like you see the world going one way. And then a lot of people it's like, you know, taking a moment to stop and be like, What were some things we did in the past? Oh, we sewed our own stuff. We grew our own food. We used holistic methods instead of just like getting all these pills down in in us. And I think that is something like the more and more we go, it will become even bigger. Of people wanting to know, like, my grandma knew how to sew and I know how to pick up a phone. (laughs) Like, True, true. That's it. What? And like, I think it brings a lot of joy too. Poor people like getting to use your hands is something like. I would always encourage people like if you can use your hands and your creativity and your imagination, like, boom, that's already like outshined all the electronics <laughs> you've likely like, yeah, that's true. man, that sounds so exciting. And then I know you mentioned that you have a son. I'd love to hear like how being a mother contributes to your business. And then also like any advice for other moms, because I know when I was working as a community manager with a lot of artists who had shops a ton of them were moms. And I was like, this is so cool that, you know, a lot of people think you can't do something because you're raising your family or you have a kid or you're all on your own. And I'm like, no, you can't. So I'd love to hear a little bit about Um, that. So
1: I love having my son. Um, He's my motivation. Like, everything I do, he's my motivation. And he's a busybody because he's walking now. He just started walking. So he's everywhere and into everything. And, like, I can't lock the sewing room fast enough for him not to run in there. Because he, the ribbons and the thread are, like, it keeps rolling. Yeah. Like, he, but... I, I encourage people that have kids that they don't stop you from doing anything. You can do anything. You, I literally, it's been days where he's going to the sewing, like the um, Joanne's fabric with me and they know him and they'll be like, Hey, Fatty Bear. And he'll walk around the store and like, go have a staff. They'll be like, come back over here, Fatty. Don't touch that. Like <laughs> he, he, he's, he's incorporating everything I do. Like when he first, when I first got pregnant with him, I was like, this is my motivation. When he came, he used to be in the sewing room with me. And, like, everybody used to make the funny joke, like, he's going to be so used to the sound of the sewing machine because you sewed so much while you was pregnant. put him to
0: sleep, right?
1: Yeah, he sleeps through me sewing. The only time I've had um, an issue with him was when he started getting into watching shows. And the sewing machine would be making noise while he's watching shows because he would sit in the sewing room with me, like, in his little chair. He would scream while the sewing machine was going because he couldn't hear his his songs.
0: (laughs) You just added a third noise now. So congratulations.
1: (laughs) But no, I literally went and traded for the world. I also know the frustrations of having kids and trying to get stuff done. Because there's been days where it's like he wants to be on my hip. And as an African, I tie him to my back. I tie him right on my back and we be in there sewing. I do what I need to do, like to get it done. When it's time for me to go to the post office, you carry this package and he'll walk with me, you know, or I'll put him on my so head. and We we, we get we get it done. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where I knew being a parent wasn't going to be as easy as me just sitting there and doing what I need to do without interruption. So I make sure he's a part of everything. I keep him busy. Like he comes into the sewing room. I'm like, here you go. Here's your ribbon. And he'll play with that. And that keeps him busy while I'm trying to get orders together. Or he will try to package something. I'll give him an empty box and I'll give him a mailer and I'll be like, put it in.
0: Yeah. I know when we were little, my mom would tell we would help pin like the the little the blankets. So we'd put pins uh-huh. in and then take the pins out and like put them in pin cushions. So like there are, uh-huh. like as he gets older too, I'm sure he'll be like the best little helper ever. And seeing that like- He's
1: already the best little helper because he puts everything in like, when it's time to mail it out, that's his favorite part because he gets to throw the packages. Oh yeah. Bag. Yeah. So yeah, it is like a big- It's it's a big difference from like not having someone always on your hip to having someone like mommy, mommy, but I love it. I love it. I love it.
0: Nice. And then kind of as we get to the tail end of this, I'd love for you just to kind of quickly go through like the different items that you have. I know we talked about a few of them, but just for the listeners run through some of the items you have and then we'll get to also how we can best support you in your business.
1: Okay, so some of the items that I have, I have bonnets, I have birth cloths, I have baby blankets, baby sensory um, blankets, I make dolls, I make heatless curling rods, scrunchies, and aromatherapy items.
0: Awesome, and then how can we best reach out to either message you or find these products?
1: (laughs) Um. So if you do go to my Instagram, you can DM me at any time. I'm very open. But on my Instagram, there is a link to my website. And if you click the link, it takes you directly to my Etsy page and you can purchase all these items.
0: Nice. And we'll also, for those listening, we'll have all of this in the show notes. So we'll have... The link right there for you so you can just push that as well as links to Pearl's Instagram page so you can be sure to say hello
1: and then kind
0: of the last thing is do you have any advice for those looking to start their business so I call them like inspiring business owners
1: so my advice for people that are starting off their business is be passionate be resilient stick to it be consistent you can do it. You're going to have ups and you're going to have downs, but you're going to be awesome in the end, especially if you're passionate about it.
0: Awesome. And then how about for current business owners that are in the game with us right now, (laughs) like me and you are business owners, and I'm sure some people listening also have their own business. Do you have any advice or, or encouragement for them?
1: Keep doing what you're doing. Someone's watching. Someone's always watching. Keep doing what you're doing
0: nice well thanks so much pearl for being on the show it was a great conversation i had a blast and we're gonna have all this information for you listening in our description and i'm gonna close this out with a conclusion all right you guys we've made it and wasn't that just so much fun i think pearl did such a great job in sharing so much advice so much knowledge as well as encouragement that i know just listening back to it was so much fun and being in that conversation of like wow She has so much to share and I hope you take away some of this knowledge with you whether it's like the story on learning how to sew and applying that to different things that you want to get into in your life to creating your own handmade crafts and goods and you know items and just like yeah you can do it but also like it is not the easiest thing so just a lot of the truth and story behind all of this. Was really great to listen to and to take part in. So I hope you had a great time. From here, I will let you know like, yes, you should go and follow Pearl and That African Girl. We have everything in the show notes for you. So just You know open up the show notes scroll down click the links and we're also gonna have the website so that you can actually go and look at all of these awesome items we've been talking about I've seen them a bunch and they are very cool lots of great colors lots of good life and passion behind it and within each item which I'm sure you could pick up from the conversation we had, so definitely go and support, give a follow, and you know say hi to Pearl because she is super friendly, such a nice and great person. So with that, I'm gonna leave it there, but we will see you again next week with a new business. Have a great rest of your day.